I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Stevie Nichol. Happy Thanksgiving if you're in the States. Or there is a, a tinge of sadness about today as there's no more international football for this year. How are we going to cope? This year? Yeah, this year. Oh, it's done, Craig. It's all over. We have to wait until 2024 until it returns. The year's, the year's uh, nearly over. Say again? The year's nearly over. Well, still a bit to go. Well, come on, that, well, that was... That <laughs> That was Thanksgiving good news. <laughs> that, that was the good news, Stevie. Well, if it had been February, I'd been delighted. All right, Grumpy. There we go. So the Premier League returns this weekend and it is back with a bang, of course, as it will be. Manchester City against Liverpool. Taking a look at the table, just a reminder how these two teams are set going into this, quite literally, top of the table clash. Just one point separate and going into the tie, which of course kicks off early on Saturday. According to the bookies, Manchester City are favourites, as you would expect, to take all three points. Liverpool outsiders uh, coming into this clash 3-1, to one, uh, draw 3-1. to one. We welcome in our former Manchester City defender, Nader Manua is with us to look ahead to this game. Craig, let's start with you. It should be a cracker, shouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, should we not mention the early kickoff? No, don't no, mention the early kickoff, or else everyone will get angry. Oh, it's an early kickoff. <laughs> just don't. I, I, yeah, it should, be a, it should be a cracker. Obviously, you know, we knew City would be uh, up the top of the league and, and are up, you know, the team to beat again. We wondered about what Liverpool were going we to see early in the season after last year. It's been... Quite impressive. There's been a few flaws in there, but then again, so so had City, particularly last time out at Chelsea. Uh, so it should be a cracker. What I would say, both sides have a 100% home record, uh, but Liverpool's away record right. is a little bit patchy. Two wins, three draws, and that controversial loss at Tottenham, which obviously was a big story at the time. So their away record is not rock solid, and that, amongst some other things, would point in the direction of Man City. Uh, let's just take a look at everyone's predictions, shall we, to guide us through this segment as to how they think this is going to go. Everyone is going for goals. No surprise about that. Stevie's going for a 3-2. Craig, you're going for a 2-1. I'm going for a 3-2. Oh, Nadem. Nadem, Nadem, Nadem. Oh, here it is again. The double, double bluff, bluff of wonder. Yeah, you know me, Dan. I do this very, very well every single time I'm on. You know how it goes. Sit on the fence, get people upset. No, but in all seriousness, I think if this was a game that didn't come after an international break, I probably would have leant towards City. But the fact that they, most of the players have been travelling around the world, if not at the time to fully prepare, City probably got one or two injuries potentially they need to try and address as well. I can't necessarily see City losing, but I think Liverpool make a better account of themselves than, say, they did last year. And I think they're probably more set, more focused to be able to go out there and put in a good performance. But, again... I think it draws, it's a it's result, you saw the odds, it was the same odds as Liverpool win, so why couldn't I say that? I think 2-2 is probably going to be a good game, uh, I think it would be like a fair outcome, and I wouldn't be surprised if both teams took it at the end of the day. He's probably, he's probably said Nathan, on Man City TV that it's 4-0 City. Yeah, exactly. 4-0 City. Throws enough darts and that's <laughs> it. Can Liverpool have learned anything from the Chelsea game, Stevie? <clears throat> no. No? 
No, I don't. For me, Liverpool's it's all about what they do defensively. Regardless, I think I think we know what City's going to do. But what I don't know is what Liverpool's back line's going to do. Okay. And and I can't I can't get away from that. Every time I think about this game, that's there's one in particular that, that scares the life out of me. If he plays Doku right. against Trent Alexander Arnold, that is it. That's he's going to play Doku, isn't he? No. Like well, why would you? Well, he's coming. I, I, I think for really that. Well. I think I, for that reason. I yeah. No, I think I think. If there's anything to come out of the Chelsea game, I thought I thought Doku was poor. You know, everybody's expecting right. because of his performance the previous week. Oh, this guy's going to light it up again. Yeah. And I and I I thought he was pretty average. So maybe that goes into Pep's mind. At the same time, if I'm Pep, I look at Trent and I look <laughs> at Doku, and this is a complete mismatch defensively. So that that's what I'm worried about. And you, and, you, and you can go to the other side as well. Simicas against Foden yeah. uh, or Bernardo Silva, again, I think is a mismatch. And I can't get away from that. You know, we showed, we showed on the show yesterday all the goals that Liverpool's forwards have scored yeah. over the international break. And, and that's not a surprise either because they've got guys that can score. The problem is you cannot go to Man City and expect to lose three and score four. You just can't. And, and that's what I'm worried about. Was it not... Uh... I'm trying to think back to that that great game at Stamford Bridge. Was it was it not was it not Rhys James that played? I think it was against Docker, who yeah. is a completely different yeah. kettle of fish to uh, Alexander Arnold. Rhys James is a good defender. He's quick. He's strong. He stays on his feet. Generally, gets himself in a good position. So that's a different animal. I think a one-on-one. I think you'd be licking your chops if you're Guardiola with with mm. a potential of Docker. Uh, run, running and, and isolating them with Alexander-Arnold. And I also think, you're looking at City, on the other side, we've talked on the show about, not that, it's, not that they're weak down the left side, but they've certainly lost, it seems to me, more goals down the left-hand side. You're now looking at Guardiola, who's a really good defender, but not essentially a really good left-back, mm. uh, against Mo Salah. So <laughs> there are so many, you know, there's, there's little areas on both sides that I think you could look to pinpoint. But in some way, I am. I would be encouraged by what I saw from Chelsea if I was Liverpool at Stamford Bridge about how ragged City got. You know, they've had, you know, there's an international break. There's been no time to sort of go over that too much, I wouldn't imagine, from, from Guardiola's point of view. But I just think there's one or two flaws in either side, particularly defensively, mm. that we're looking at the matchups, possibly Doku and Alexander Arnold, Salah uh, and Guardiola, and then. You know, Ruben Diaz didn't look great in that Chelsea game either. I presume he plays Darwin Nunes for his pace yep. because if they leave themselves exposed, he will run in behind. I'm, I'm kind of feeling glass half empty, to be honest, because that's my job. I don't, I don't yeah. disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree with Salah and Guardiola, <laughs> but again, in my brain, I'm thinking, well, I can see Doku having the ball twice as much as what Salah's going to have it. Mm. That that. I, well, what yeah, can we do to cheer you up between now and Saturday every morning? Every time I think of the positive sides of it, I see a counter, <laughs> counter problem. Uh, what if Haaland doesn't play, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be, um, that'll be a good question. Like, I guess I'll go for Alvarez, but this is somebody that's been travelling around um, South America this, this international break, so it's not going to be great. And I think when you look at some of those players that are possibly unavailable, like these at times can be significant players for them in terms of 
either a starting player or somebody who can make them play a bit differently. You know, we're talking about Haaland, but we can also talk about Kovacic. I think at times when he comes in there and forms one of the two sixes alongside Rodri, I think they look quite good and more solid from that standpoint. But I, I guess the belief is that he's going to be out there and he's going to do everything he can to try and get into that team to play. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did play. And also, interested, listening to the guys, it is so, so interesting because... You know, you can see the negatives, we can all see the negatives of both sides, but then to sort of take a step back and look at wider context, you know, both teams have looked flawed this season, yet still they're first and second in the Premier League. I think that says a lot about, say, the way the league's been going this year and what these two sides are still capable of, even when they're not at their absolute best. But, you know, when we talk about Haaland, obviously City would love to see him playing there. And best of all, even if he doesn't have his best of games, he'll still occupy the two centre-backs, which will give enough sort of time and space to other players in and around that sort of number 10 role, whether that's Alvarez, whether that's Bernardo Silva, Roman. You know, this is the type of thing that they need because I think for all the strengths and weaknesses that we can talk about for Liverpool and City, you wouldn't necessarily say Liverpool's midfield, especially in that six area, is somewhere where they've been particularly strong so far this season. City have already, you know, I'm trying to think about the other teams that we think are going to be vying for the top four stroke, the title. You know, if you look at City, they lost to Arsenal. Uh, Kovacic should have gone, didn't. Uh, didn't play as well as we know they can. Did not play as well as, certainly didn't play as well as they can at, and didn't, didn't defend as well as they can at, uh, at Chelsea. And now they have the, 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 the next big one, so it's mm. another test for them. They, you couldn't say City, uh, have come through these big games at the moment with flying colours. Mm. You, you can't. They've not. They've not just gone to Arsenal. They've not just. They didn't just go to the, to, to the Etihad and wipe the floor with Arsenal. They didn't go to Stamford Bridge and wipe the floor with Chelsea. They had problems. They had problems in all these games. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to put a marker down here to the rest of the league off the back of the international window to Liverpool and say, listen, you know, this is the standard. I, I fully expect Erling Haaland to play. If, unless there's a serious doubt that's going to put him out long right. term. Yeah, I think he'll play. And, and whether he plays or not, that's, there's going to be goals in this game. Yes. You know, for yeah. all the reasons that we've talked about and what Craig's on about, you know, the travelling as well, coming back from international duty. There is absolutely no way that everybody is going to be as sharp and on their game as they normally are, which means that this game is going to be pretty open a yes. lot of the time. And so that, that's why there has to be goals. There has to be goals. Uh, how did you feel playing early kickoffs, Naden? Well, to be honest, I was never playing an early kickoff for a big Premier League game, but I did have a few in the Championship, if that counts. Yes, I think that's for me, exactly. It's still I, wasn't, though, I wasn't being sarcastic. Yeah, it's it's early. Yeah, whatever, man. It's early, and like the preparation is a bit off. You won't have enough time to prepare for the game. Say someone's playing on a Sunday, and so on. But I think personally, one of the best feelings in football is winning the early game because you can get that three points. And say for City or Liverpool, you can be sitting top of the league and know that you've got more time to recover for the next game that's coming up as opposed to other teams. So I think if you do get on the good side of it, it does feel great. Obviously, the atmosphere will be a bit different because maybe some of the people in the crowd are a little bit more sober than say they would be if it was (laughs) five o'clock on a Saturday, for example. But, you know, it serves its purpose and it's a game that lots of people will be tuned into. And yourself as well, Dan, somebody who hates the international break. You know, here's a big game to start uh, to start things off. Yeah, it's brilliant. Can't wait for it. It was supposed to be five thirty, wasn't it? Let's yeah, be honest. yeah. It's, it's, the, it's police basically. They didn't. Yeah. They, they couldn't police it at that time. So it that's, it that's will be really early. important, actually, who starts this game the best. Because I can remember kicking off at eleven thirty in the morning. We used to kick off in the derby with Everton. Yes. Particularly if it was the, the same day as the Grand National, uh, a big race. 
And when the game kicks off... That's all you could get there. Aye, exactly. <laughs> but when the game kicks off, you're not actually at it. I, can, I still remember. It's, it's almost like you're training. It feels as though it's... Like, really? Like, well, because your whole body clock's completely different. And you could say that today they should be used to it because... You know, they've done it quite a, a lot, particularly Liverpool. But your actual body clock, your mind, everything is all off kilter. So, whichever one of these two starts the game well, could, could get themselves ahead and that could be a, a huge a huge piece of what ends up happening. Uh, Naden, from a City perspective, do you want Nunez to start? Uh, no, I don't actually. I think for as much as, say, he's proven that, you know, he's imperfect, I think his style of play and the speed that he has, I think it causes teams trouble. I think speed kills at the end of the day. And I think he will have opportunities. I think it, maybe it was last season against Laporte, there was a point when he was streaking away from him. And I think he managed to set up Salah to score against City. Shock horror, Salah scored against City. So yeah, I'd prefer if he didn't play. And it will be interesting to see what Klopp goes for because you know with the forwards that he has, as the guys have said, they've got tons of goals in them. But the way they play slightly differs depending on who's in there. He's going to go with Jota, he's going to go with Diaz, he's going to go with Gakpo, or he's going to go with <laughs> with um, with Darwin Nunes. And I think if he goes with Nunes, Salah and Diaz, he wants a stretch game. He wants it not necessarily to be end-to-end, but to have that real threat in behind. And that's what Nunes has. And as a consequence, I prefer players who come short because it makes the game a bit more controlled. So I would not like to see him out there, but that means there's every chance he will be out there. Yeah, you'd play him in Ukraine? Absolutely. Uh, he played the last two Premier League games, he didn't play before that, but he's, he's looking as confident as he's looked since he's arrived at Liverpool. City will dominate, I would imagine, 60% at least, maybe a wee bit more possession. They'll leave space in behind, they'll push their full-backs on. It could be a straight-out race, flat-out yeah. race with a ball over the top. We've seen it before, so why, why... I mean, there's a couple of ways to do this. You can go with Jota in there, and then you're looking for runners from the midfield, but I think his pace up front, just frightening defenders. I'm, war I'm warming up to this Liverpool team, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting positive I'm now. I'm sitting here thinking, hold on a minute, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Diaz, Nunes and Salah as a front three. I don't, you don't want it. You don't want it. Have you just woken up, Steve? Is yeah. your body clocked? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, hold on, I've let's, let's start the show again. <laughs> the, the, the cup's becoming a little So you've full. predicted 3-2. Are you starting to change your mind now? So where's the counter no. problem that you no, said? I just, I, I, I just, I like the sound of it. Okay. And, and no question, I, I agree with Kay, I think City are probably going to have more of the ball, yeah. which means that Liverpool are going to be on the break. And with the pace of those three, that's, that's a handful for anybody. So, yeah. have, have Liverpool exceeded your expectations this season so far? Like, if we compare to how they were last season? Honestly, where they're sitting in the table is, is fantastic. But I, I, I don't think they've, they've, they've got close to the best. Partic away from home. Away from home, even, even the games they've won, you know, you can, you can question that they, they could have dropped points. Right. So, to see them sitting where they are, delighted, but I still think they're, they're, they're far, far from the best. You take a look at, that. Away look, look at that, Steve. 11 points better than they were last season. Yeah, at but this I, stage. I, I, as I said, that's fantastic. And but do you know, I still do you know think why they're better, more. Stevie? Tell me. Because Van Dyke is the new captain. There's been bonding going on everywhere. There's been man. group dinners. <laughs> What? <laughs> He's relishing being the captain. It's old school, in. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, this is it, isn't it? This what? is it from an article in The Athletic which talked about him coming in very much taking this captaincy role very seriously. See what happens? All these statos, <laughs> all these uh, sports scientists, where are they when it's all going pear-shaped? Yeah. It's a good old bit of bonding, team spirit, yes. game of golf, night yeah. out. 
have a dinner. Oh, guess what? Uh, senior players put their arm around young players. Right. Senior players look after new signings. Yes. Basically, what it was saying. Yeah. In the article, I mean, it's, this is not. This has been happening since day dot. How easy is it? How how easy is it to kind of force on people though? Like, does it have to? Does there have to be an organic part of it? Like you talk about that Celtic side that you win. Clearly, you're all very. Close. Well, look. Clearly, if you want to organise a little bit, and like, not everybody plays golf, I understand that, and not everybody goes out and go karting. Used to like go karting, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but you know, as long as you can get ninety percent plus, the senior, the main people, as long as, you, as, long as you can get them invested. If right. you're going for a dinner and a few beers and chill out, have a chat about some stuff, have a bit of fun, relax. There's no point in doing it if there's only half oh. there. Okay. It's pointless. Right. Because right? now you've detrimental. Because now you've got a split and a right. clique. Correct. Right. So you've got to have almost everybody on board and say, look, I know you don't, listen, don't have to, just come along. Like we're doing this, we're doing that. And what I found was with the teams that were pretty close, the squads that were pretty close, almost everybody would be a, be a yay straight away. Yes. So, but if, if you get eight or nine, what you would call senior figures saying, ah, I'm not interested in that. I'm not. Yeah. Then it's a difficult one to sell. Uh, Nate, I'm obviously captain at QPR. How did you try and get the team bonding or did you have issues, as Craig suggests? Um, I didn't really have issues as such just because the squad itself was a lot younger than I was. I think as I became captain there, there was a certain change in sort of transfer policy. It went from people who were Champions League winners who were just trying to play in West London you know, it's people who were coming up from, say, League One, League Two, who were under, like, 22, 23 years of age. But I think, interestingly for Craig and the point that the article made about, say, that element of culture and people leading it and senior pros, I think to be able to do that, you need the foundation of having a manager that's probably been there for longer than, like, a year, two years as well. Mm. Because I hear similar things from City and other sides which have done well historically, or, sorry, in recent times. Because then you know the manager, this is the way it's going to be, this is the culture of the football club, the players themselves, like... A senior pro doesn't necessarily need to be someone that's old. It could be somebody like Alexander Arnold. He's a vice captain, but he's still in, the, in his low 20s. And he can do that because he's played for so long and they understand what it's like to play for the team, understand what it's like to help people settle in. And I think it's good when you can step into a place as a new player and know that's what it's about, to know that you're being welcomed into the space as opposed to, you know, at times when you enter a club that's in transition, it's almost dog-eat-dog. Dog. Does the manager like this guy? Well, this guy now wants to leave. This guy's worried about himself. But that whole team environment, when you can set it up in that right way, I'm sure it's a manager's dream. But then also it gives people a chance to be successful because realistically, and I'm sure Steve would probably agree with this, like there are so many ups and downs within a season. But if you if that group is right, you'll find ways to be able to navigate those bad moments and work hard together to try and be successful. Nothing's guaranteed, but it's a far better atmosphere than a place which is divided, which is really toxic and you know doesn't have a culture apart from people solely fending for themselves. What was it like when you left Liverpool, Stephen? Saw other well, no, not even when you left Liverpool. You saw a change at Liverpool, obviously. Have you yeah. your that tight group that you had that was so successful, yeah. and then once that dispersed, obviously, how difficult was it then to try and get that bond again? Well, it's so difficult that we couldn't do it. Why? Because we made too many changes at the one time, right? Which actually were forced upon the club, and the changes that were made the character of the players that came in, the club was A, too big for them, and so then they started worrying about themselves only. Right. That's a, a recipe for disaster. 
And that's what happened. And as a senior member of the team, did you try? And Absolutely. Get, but it just was... Yeah, and, 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 you, and you asked a couple of minutes ago, you said, you know, it has to happen organically. Right. You really, you really can't force it. And because, because the likes of myself did, did try and force it, and we did try and organise nights out. Right. And it actually made it worse, because people wouldn't turn up. And so eventually, you just—it's one of them. Yeah. You can only—you can only try and do so many things. So yeah, if 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 you have the wrong characters and and it doesn't gel, you can you can organise what you want. It's not going to happen. But, but the actual piece, though, I, I, I was nearly sick half the time. <laughs> it, it was very Liverpool TV. It was so it was so set up for fans. Yeah. You no. Know, oh, Mo, Mo Salah's been brought into the leadership group. I mean, again, absolute garbage. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Somebody, it, it just happens. Right. You know, somebody will speak up, and then if they're talking sense, people will listen to them. But if somebody speaks up and they're talking garbage, then it's one of them. You, you'd be quiet. You know, so all of these things, and all this stuff on the wall, I can't stand that. All these, all these, all these it little... It can't hurt, though, can it? If, listen, if it, if it does, or it inspires one person, yes. I guess that's fine. Okay. But I just personally think it's it's completely out of gobbledygook. Why? Well, I'll tell you what. Gillette Stadium is covered in them, right? Yeah. And, of course, when the Patriots were flying with Tom Brady and everyone else, it was like, oh, it's inspiring <laughs> walking around reading all the things. I'll tell you what, they can't win a game to save their life, no. <laughs> That's true. But they've still got all these things. Yeah. You know, so, it, <laughs> as I said, if it, if it helps one person, that's fine. But personally, I don't float my boat. If you, if you, if you write your uh, desktop password on the wall, then we wouldn't have to help you all the time. Yeah, exactly. But I tell you, a dressing room can go up. It can go the opposite way very quickly. Yeah. You know, when Liverpool were having a bad time last year, uh, it could easily go the other way. You know, you talk about, you mentioned the Celtic dressing room. That that went from being one of the best, along with the Frank Oteo, Frank LeBeouf, the Chelsea dressing room was excellent, and it had Italians and. Scandinavians and Scots and Irish and English, but it was still together. And, and that Celtic dressing room was the same. It was all over, you know, Italy, Germany, Scandinavia, Scotland, England, and so forth. But when changes come in, and Barnsley come in and Kenny, they made a couple of two or three, four signings, and those signings were kind of over there. Right. It was pointless. Pointless even try to organise anything. So it it can get away from you. Uh, uh, very quickly, and it's usually maybe if there's one or two bad apples. Now, it doesn't seem to me clearly there are no yeah. on the outside, no bad apples at Liverpool, and, and the opposite, there have been some good signings. Uh, but, but yeah, this is, as Stevie said, that's, that's one for the, oh look, the supporters, oh look, this is what's happening behind the scenes. Guess what they've done? They've signed some good players. Yeah. You look at McAllister, but in particular, Sabozlai, and people like that have just, are just making the difference. Good characters. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as you say, that's kind of the journey that City have been on, Nadim. If you take it back to when you were there and the new money coming in, that must have been a strange dynamic amongst the club, which, which obviously Pep Guardiola has come in and now kind of solidified. Yeah, I would agree. So after starting my career in 2004, at the time, City's dressing room was basically made up of academy players, former, former academy players and players who were just looking to find a year somewhere. You know, some players that had great careers, but they were just trying to find that extra year, just a chance to play football somewhere, to play in the Premier League. And the turnover every year was really, really high. So many players coming in, so many players coming out, managers coming in, managers coming out. And as a consequence then, like, who really feels 
sort of safe and stable within that space? Is it enough people to say, well, this is who we are, when essentially who we are changes on a season-to-season basis? One manager wants this thing, one manager wants that thing, one player wants this, one player wants that. And as the guys were alluding to, sometimes with a signing, you can bring someone in and they could be a senior player, but doesn't buy into the culture, doesn't want to be a part of that. So that was tough. But I think when the when the takeover happened and they made those uh, transfers, I think you know the Rubinho one was obviously the big one, which didn't make sense for what the team was at that time. But they started to buy sort of players like Gareth Barry's, Joni Lescott's, Craig Bellamy's, and so on, Gail Cleish's, people who were established in the Premier League who had a drive to want to be a part of a project to be successful but then also knew the importance of culture because they had it at their previous clubs. And that started to form what made up that group, which won their first league title in 2012 and the FA Cup in 2011 as well, actually. And some of those guys, even to this day, you know, a lot of them have retired. Some of them are still playing. But if, say, someone like a Joe Hart says he's going to have a birthday party for himself, he can contact everybody that he played with in that time and they'd all want to come and stay with him because that's how tight that bond was. Mm. That was one of the big reasons why they were successful then. It's one of the big reasons why the club's successful now. Because those players, they enjoy being around each other. They obviously drive standards. But there's a coach that exists within that space. Obviously, Guardiola has been a big part of that because he's been there for the seven years. But the players have been there three, four, five, six years as well. And they're very much set in their way. They know what the club is about. They know what the individuals in the team are about. They know all the staff. And as is the case for Liverpool as well. If you want to be successful, it's not just about talent. Because we've seen teams with similar levels of talent end up with nothing. But when you have that buy-in and you have that set culture, then it kind of sort of manages itself. And I think that was the point of the article in itself, was that Klopp doesn't have to deal with a lot of things because the players deal with it themselves. But as the guy said, imagine the wrong person trying to tell you off or the wrong person saying some nonsense. (laughs) It's one of the biggest ways to cause division. But in the end, when everyone's in the right direction, I think it makes perfect sense. Can we just come in tomorrow? Oh, can we just come in tomorrow and sit and do what we did after the Chelsea game to some extent with City and, and, and talk about this great game that there was mistakes and there was flair and there was tackles and yeah. and let's I just hope tomorrow we're not back Saturday. on Saturday, today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. Sorry, Saturday. It feels like <laughs> early, Friday. early kickoff. <laughs> it feels like yeah. Friday. I'm just hoping we're not back on the VAR yeah, train. I think everyone agrees, most yeah, definitely. Hopefully yeah. this international break yeah. is given uh, food for thought a little pause and say, listen, let's have some common sense here. This is a huge game again uh, between two of the best teams in England. Let's hope. And I've already seen some stuff about the referee, where he comes from, and bits and pieces. It just, it just is never ending calling these officials' integrity into question. Uh, Naden will say thank you very much. Naden, though, we'll be back for extra time. Uh, just a reminder, next weekend, it is the second round of the FA Cup. We've got those games live for you on ESPN+. Plus. Here is a selection of them for you. York City take on Wigan. Alfreton Town take on Walsall. That's Gillingham. Nottingham, by the way. It, Alfreton. Is it? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, Gillingham against Charlton. Eastleigh against Reading. Oldershot, Stockport, Chesterfield, Leighton Orient. Uh, Wrexham against Yeovil. And it's Wimbledon against Ramsgate. All of those matches are live on ESPN+. Uh, just a reminder, plenty of content over on ESPN FC. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. German football, of course, returns as well this weekend. Bayern Munich is the Friday game. And of course, Bayern Munich with a Harry Kane who has been scoring goals for fun at the moment. They are two points off by Leverkusen, but you can't question the way the English captain has adapted to German football. But what about life off the pitch? do initially need to learn the way to Bayern München's training ground, but Harry Kane's now got his daily commute to Siebenerstrasse off pat. It's here he and his colleagues prepare for the contest they generally end up winning, helped by his incredible tally of 17 goals in the first 11 games. And the header, who else but Harry Kane again? Patrick's included with the match ball as obligatory take-home prize. He's got three of them already. Yeah, I'm just keeping them in my in my hotel room at the moment, obviously. Uh, I'm still waiting to find a house. Since arriving in the Bavarian capital in mid-August, Harry Kane's been living in a city centre hotel. And the superstar striker naturally wants to ensure his wife and four children settle in well in their new surroundings. Family's really important to me and... You know, I know I wouldn't be here without all of them. From the heart of the city, it's just a quarter-hour journey to the club's training centre, situated in a residential area in the southern suburb of Harlaching. At their Siebenerstrasse complex, the stars can practice in a state-of-the-art environment and, for the most part, out of the public gaze. But Bayern do also hold the occasional open training sessions. Not something Harry Kane was used to back in England. I think fans are probably the most important part of any football club and the support, not just for me, but for the team, has been amazing. From the training ground, it's another 15 minutes down to Grunwald on the southern fringe of the city. The renowned Villa quarter here is home to many a Bayern star and they might soon have Harry Kane as a new neighbour. He seems about set to swap hotel life for his own family home in Munich. 
every player needs his own time to adapt and he is here now a long time without seeing his family regularly, without his usual setup. For home games at the Allianz Arena, Kane and Co take the team bus. Getting from Siebenerstrasse north to the stadium takes about half an hour and 11 league goals on this very pitch testify to how well Harry's settled in already in sporting terms. And Kane is going to go for it. That is absolutely extraordinary. Playing for Bayern comes with its own specialised off-field challenges as well. But with a little instruction from local experts, learning the Bavarian basics isn't hard. I'll try and fit in culturally as much as I can. I'll try and learn the language. It's a dream combination of folklore and finishing. Harry Kane, Bayern München's new goal machine. Oh, great insight there. Archie Rintat joins us. Archie, we didn't see you hiding in the bushes, stalking Kane at all, I don't think, there. Don't think so. Not, not on this occasion. Uh, obviously, he's settled in brilliantly. It's, it's all gone perfectly so far. Oh, completely. I think there were a few moments early on where he said that he was still going to need to take time to adjust to his teammates. But that has happened. And whilst Bayern haven't been as fluent as they could be with that squad that they have, I think that Harry Kane has come in and been so calm and so unaware of the madness that is going on around the club, the consistent circus that you do get with Bayern Munich and the power and the politics all going together. And Harry Kane has come in and been just no, no added baggage with him. He just wants to come in. He wants to play football. He wants to score his goals, help his teammates. And whereas there have been comments from people in the media about how Robert Lewandowski, for example, maybe brought a bit more baggage with him and how he would get a bit sulky sometimes. And Harry Kane has just been uh, a radiant uh, joy for them to, to deal with so far. Albeit, I think those takes on Robert Lewandowski are a bit harsh when you look at what he did for the club. Um, but yeah, Harry Kane has certainly brought in a certain freshness that Bayern needed. And when you think about how much they spent on him as well, mm. he has, I'd say, scored the amount of goals that you would expect him to in the Bundesliga. Uh, Archie, there's been a lot of hoo-ha in England over mm. a 12.30 kickoff for uh, the City-Liverpool mm. game. Bayern play on Friday. Is there the same sort of uproar? Oh, we had a four-minute monologue oh. from Thomas Tuchel uh, in his press conference today where he was, he was saying, look, the feedback I'm getting from the national team coaches is that all the players are, are too tired right now. I was like, mm, feedback from the national team coaches, <laughs> was it? it that, that feels like a very convenient way to have phrased it. I think that all these top coaches, right, when they're talking about oh, the TV times, there's this and that. Well, okay, would you like to earn less money then? Because TV provides where the money is coming from to pay these amazing wages that they earn and all these games that, that they're playing in. Like, I get that it's tough, but particularly Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel, they have better squads than nearly the majority of the league that they're playing in. In Bayern's case, without a doubt. In Liverpool's case, not so much. So I hear it, but at the same time, I'm like, you guys want to eat all of the cake and you can't expect to do that all the time. So yeah, Thomas Tuchel unhappy about it, but getting on with it. 
and he's got a very small squad. Uh, Alfonso Davies flying back from Canada, only arriving today, having to play tomorrow. He's played every game for Bayern so far this season. I can imagine it's starting to take a toll on his body. But as I said, if the clubs would like to continue eating, having all their cake and eating it, then what's to be done? Uh, they, of course, play clone. You're going to the game, Archie. What sort of challenge will the hosts um, show? The atmosphere's going to be good, Dan. And I'm not too sure about what the hosts are going to do on the pitch. Because okay. this season, they have been really bad. Uh, they are fighting against relegation. They lost key players in the summer in Elias Skiri, going to Eintracht Frankfurt, Jonas Hector as well retired and they are doing things on a pretty small budget, but none of their new players have really hit it off yet. They are struggling to score goals in a big way. They cross the ball a lot and not much comes off it. And it has done in the previous season. So they've not really changed their approach. They ran Bayern close in Munich last year. They, they got a point, but through a late equalizer from Joshua Kimmich, it could have been, had it not been, it would have been three. And on the final day of last season, they nearly handed the, the, the title to Dortmund, despite what Dortmund were doing in Dortmund. Um, so, yeah, like they can get an energy going. And maybe with all these returnees that Bayern have from international duty, there's a chance that something could happen. But I do not see it. That game, of course, live on ESPN+. Plus. That's the first of a full programme of ties that we'll see over the next few days. We'll see also Werder Bremen taking on Bayer Leverkusen. That's the 9.30 game. Also at 9.30, Borussia Dortmund against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, meanwhile, it was a miserable week for Germany, wasn't it? Losing against Austria 2-0. Back-to-back defeats, that is, then, for Julian Nagelsmann. Uh, the front page of Bild summing up uh, quite nicely. 9-9-9 Nagelsmann. Uh, the front page of the newspaper there, Archie. Oh, dear. This one, the flick was gone. He was supposed to come in. Nagelsmann come in, fix it all, but he hasn't. Yeah. An another headline uh, that, that was out today was just... Nothing is better, which yeah, is one of the most beautifully yeah. dour things yeah. I've that's seen. That's Stevie at the moment. <laughs> oh, I, I can't believe Stevie's, Stevie's that down. I can't believe it. Liverpool are starting to come into form. No, that, that can't be the case. Look, Germany right now are bad. They're bad. They're really, really bad. Uh, and it has been that way for a while. And we need to come to terms with the fact that Although there are lots of players in this team who play Champions League football, who have played Champions League finals, are they as good as the predecessors who won the World Cup? Because those players were stars in their own right. I think I, you, you go through it. Manuel Neuer, who is going to probably be in goal, I would say, next summer, as much as Marc-Andre Testegen may not like it. Jerome Boateng, Mats Hummels... Philip Lahm, midfield, Cross, Kadira. Uh, you, you go forward, Meza Ursil in his prime, Thomas Muller as well, Miroslav Closer. These were all world beating players. And these players, I don't think enough of them are stars for their teams. And it's just not the same strength for Germany. They are struggling tactically. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann said they can't expect any defensive monsters uh, come next summer. Uh, but to be honest, the way they are playing, if they continue to play as they do, 
forget competing in the tournament, they will go out in the group stages. Austria did not just beat them the other night, they destroyed them. They dominated them from start to finish. And I think that it's the way that Yuli Nagsman was speaking after the game was as if from the previous month where he was like, you know, things will get better. I, I can see it. The way he was talking was if to say, well, hang on a minute. I, I, this is quite a big job I've got on here. And I, the things are not quite as good as I thought that they could be. Too many players can't function with one another right now on the break. They're consistently vulnerable. Maybe the way they're going to have to go for it is just by attacking. But they barely created a chance against Austria. So huge problems for Germany. And also one of their best players for club right now, Leroy Sane, is going to miss a few games of, of their build-up after that red card as well. Just so many of these players seem to change when they put on a Germany shirt right now. Uh, and yeah, they're in big, big trouble. And you've got to find ways to get your better players on the team, though, aren't you? I mean, Florian Wirtz has, I yeah. could argue, he's been one of, the, been yep. one of the best players in the Bundesliga. So, you know, this is just this is frustration boiling over, there's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, you can't condone that, you can't get away with it. But it, I think what one of the other things we have here is, is a manager who I think, who this young guy, everybody talks about him, it didn't quite happen at Bayern Munich, it might have done in his, his argument to say, well, it would have done if you'd have given me time. Uh, this kind of thinking outside the box, if you want to put it, coach, so they say, is overthinking this. I mean, Kai Havert, I mean, I know it's not the only one, but he's just a walking experiment at the moment. I mean, he's going to go back yeah. to Arsenal and make Lateta saying, you're playing, you're playing centre-half at the weekend. I mean, it's just things like that. When, when, when you're having a bad time, right, you've got to... When you're having a bad time as a club or as a country, there's no point trying to put the round pegs in the square holes because it's only going to get worse, right? You've got to get back to some sort of basics, get yourself a foundation, which they're obviously struggling with, and then figure it out from there. Yep. He, he, to me, is coming in and going, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix all these problems. I'm going to do this and do that and do that. And he's making it worse. He's absolutely making it worse. Uh, to the point Guy that... Guy Havertz needs to be oh, a bit more... A bit more stubborn, I think, because I you hear some players being like, I won't play in that position. Kai Havertz is, is a little bit too much. Yes, boss, I'll do that. Why are you playing left back? <laughs> like, and it was described as, no, it's not. It's a left wing back. Come on, we can see where he is on the pitch. But like continually, both for club and country, I think he's helped out too much that he's lost the whole sense of self. And he's in, a, he's in danger of destroying his career. I would say as well, if he, he needs to play at number 10, that is his position and he needs to find his way back there. As you say, Craig, spot, spot, spot on with Wirtz as well. Has to play. Musiala was out injured, let's not forget, but get Wirtz and Musiala in the team and base everything around them. That would be my big plan. Uh, one last thing, Archie. The Austrian press aren't happy with Nagelsmann telling Trapp to go down, no. pretending that he was injured so he could have a big team talk. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, spot on. The, the Austrians aren't happy with it. Here you can see Julian Nagelsmann very clearly telling him <laughs> to go down with a muscle injury. Oh. Look, he's not the first person in sport to do it. <laughs> and I don't think he'll be the last. I think the Vikings coach, uh, Nick O'Connell, did it with a player of his, uh, for example, just over a month ago as well. Happens in football all the time. And look, he just wanted to get more tactical instruction out to him. But... You know, for for the Austrian press to react as they have, okay, I, I just like 
it's it's a bit holier than thou. It happens. It's football, I would say. And to be honest, don't we all kind of enjoy a little <laughs> bit of skullduggery? I would say, Dan. Germany 2-0. I know. Why, yeah, why are you exactly. bothered? Well, why would you be yeah, bothered? You just, should be uh, celebrating you've won the game. High, high moral standards. I mean, who That's cares? I'm going to see people cheating <laughs> out. What a lot of Boy who can't cry wolf, isn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're not walking about in Vienna going... Oh, that was a disgrace. <laughs> oh, disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> I've nothing better to do today in Vienna. Um, Archie, thank you very much, mate. Much appreciated. Just a reminder, uh, Archie will be back tomorrow to reflect on what happens in that game between Cologne and Bayern Munich, the first, of course, of a return of domestic football. And uh, just a reminder as well, you can catch our podcast every single day over on the website. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. La Liga back as well. Alaves against Granada is tomorrow's game. Then on Saturday, it's an early start in Madrid. Raver Cano taking on Barcelona. And the late game, we'll see Atleti take on Mallorca. And on Sunday, it's Cadiz against Real Madrid. All these matches live on ESPN. Plus, the Real Madrid game is also available on ABC. Meanwhile, if you haven't seen it yet, the second season is out now in its entirety. It is brilliant. Welcome to Wrexham. All episodes now streaming on Hulu. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Be sure to stay tuned. Playing on a Friday is a stretch, though, isn't it? Playing on a Friday is rather a stretch, yes. Can you imagine Klopp and Guardiola if it was a Friday? Well, Klopp, Klopp, Klopp's glasses would just go... <laughs> that'd be it, be off. Uh, Nathan's back. Extra time is next. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Craig is here, Stevie here as well. Nadem and his new background. Very exciting, yeah. Nadem. <laughs> Brilliant. Selfie, oh, I just did my oh, face. It's really up. nice, isn't it, Dan? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Very, very beautiful. patient, isn't he, Nadem? Hanging about yeah. for extra time. He is very patient, yes. What would have happened? I think the wire, I think, you know. Although, bit, to be fair, it, it, it's either do wait around or go and be with your family. So maybe he just is enjoying the peace and quiet. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, don't, don't judge everybody by yourself. Well, no, I'm just saying, maybe well, he's just enjoying a little bit of time exactly. alone. Is that what Shaq does when he's when we finish here? Shall I see it? He says at his computer. Right. Well, just to avoid, yeah, but all his family have left home, haven't they? The only ones left is his wife. Oh, no. What does right, he say at his computer so long for after the show? All right, right the, then. Bu- the building is empty and Shaq 
He always, have you noticed compliance that? Compliance training. He goes back to the computer, he fires it up again. Shank's got compliance training. Okay. Well. Happy Thanksgiving, says the first tweet. Did Stevie make the phone call about that he was talking about the other day? Not a phone call. So have you followed this, Craig? No. So Empire of the Cop, which is like a big oh, I saw it, Liberal yeah. forum, yeah, yeah. said that Stevie told Klopp to, to shut, shut it. it. Yeah. And he's got a lot of abuse then from Liverpool fans. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, he was did you say shut it? I, I don't know if he did. No, well, as usual, what happened was, so he's winding me up, right? <laughs> so we're arguing, and he's he's giving it. Well, Liverpool knew, Liverpool knew. They, they take the money, giving it all that. Yep. Right. So I said, Axe. all right. I said that's fine then. Well, they need to go and tell Klopp to shut up then. So I was I was being. Somewhat sarcastic and just oh. try to shut him up. Oh. And, and then they picked up on it. Pick it's the usual, the usual part. They just write a little line, me tell them to shut it. Yeah, and then the abuse, Stevie. Well, don't worry, you're not going back in the course, all these sensible people start to yep. go on Twitter and absolutely slaughter me. Old man Stevie's I'm going to do it tomorrow. Continues. Oh, you can do it tomorrow? Oh, it. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Okay, yeah. tomorrow. Are you on tomorrow? No. Nice Who are you guy. phoning? <laughs> I've got the editor. Whoa. <laughs> He'll just go like that and continue what he's doing. Well, <laughs> oh, no, he will, but I'll feel better, though. What, Craig, what are you thankful for on this wonderful day? I'm not American. Right. So I, thanks, I don't know what's... So will you do anything this afternoon? Yeah, we're having dinner. Well, so there you are. Yeah. So you're... We always do. He has yeah. dinner every day. Yeah, yeah I know, but are you having, a, are you having any uh, special dinner? Well, we're, we're actually... Uh, we're not big turkey fans, because I find it very dry. That's fair enough. So we are cheating a little bit. gravy. Damn it. <laughs> we are cheating a little bit. Okay. Yeah, but we always have Thanksgiving dinner. You're having chicken, you say? Yeah. Okay, there we are. And are you cooking well, it? Apparently if you don't... Do you think turkey's dry, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. The boys were saying... The boys. The got boys. boys were saying, you fry it. Never heard of it. Right. You fry the turkey if you want to keep it moist. Oh, there you are. So oh. I don't know how you do that. Fascinating conversations yeah. with Nicole Frank. What are you doing? <laughs> you, get big, you get a big fryer. A metal container. Correct. <laughs> fill it up with... And then you jump oh, in it and you use and you put the guy from yeah. the echo in it. Yeah. yeah. And then you keep it and get right up to the uh, right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Nadem, do you miss Thanksgiving? Do you wish you were here for it? Uh, no, I'm okay, thank you, Dan. But you know, happy Thanksgiving to all my American friends. Oh, there we go. Thankful to have good friends, family, good co-hosts, and this magnificent new studio. Don't yeah, know if you've beautiful. It, Dan. Yeah, beautiful new studio with a float floating toilet roll in the background. Um, at your peak levels of physical fitness, <laughs> oof, what are things that you could do that amaze you now when you stop to think about it? We just run all day. Yeah. Not even breathe. You don't even notice you're breathing. Right. And you don't actually think about it until you get a little older and you start... <laughs> <laughs> you, start, you breathe a little bit deeper. Is that during your career? Yeah. In the latter stages, yeah? Yeah, I, I, latter stages, I. Yeah. yeah you do some, you, get, you, you end up having to do some runs one after the other very quickly. Right. And you can feel yourself. And somebody's shouting, you take it back up and you're like, give me a minute. Oh. <laughs> Whereas previously, you just run all yeah. day. Yeah, run all day? 100 mile an hour. Beautiful. Hi. Fantastic. When I was 25, I went to, that's when I went to Celtic and I could go, Boxed one end to one end and back. Yeah. Constant. Never back. Wouldn't you, and, and by the way, as you well know, we were training and living a little differently back then. Yes. Yeah. So you could have been even fitter than that. 
yeah. if it had been by today's standards of facilities in the training. But but yeah, you're, you're, at that age, unless you've got a bad injury, you're kind of naturally just firing. What about you, Nadam? To be fair, I think the guys did run a lot more than me anyway, based on how I used to play. But it's not necessarily the fact that you can run all day playing the games. It's the fact you could just recover and then just train and then just do it again. When you get to the end of the season, you've played 40, 50, 60 games and it's no bother. Like I sit here now thinking, if I play football tonight, I'm not doing anything tomorrow, I'm not doing anything the day after. <laughs> so I suppose that would be the thing itself, is the repeatability of it all. And the fact, you know, you're not even really phased by it, you just get on with it and then you know, do a good job overall. With the golf season finishing, is the gym season starting now? Nah. No. I've kind of fallen out of love with that. Oh, My Achilles was hurting me the last morning. Oh, I see. When I was that? put me off. It was quite... quite 2021. <laughs> it was quite a considerable time ago. <laughs> I actually did get back into it a little bit. When was it? Where, where are we now? I think it was around this, just before the summer. I got back into it a bit and then... Because, you know, I, I would just do the elliptical. Yes. Because I, I don't do the, the uh, weight bearing and the pounding. But my left Achilles was killing me, oh. so I stopped. Yeah. Once you stop, that's it. Oh, and how was your diet? You said you were starting your diet like, on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> diet number 3,074. <laughs> what he tells me. The, the handbrake stuff. The handbrake started, didn't yeah, even start. When was this? When was this? Handbrake. Or... Sunday night, wasn't it? You were t I think it was Sunday night. You were going to uh, say. You started you Sunday night. Yeah. You finished Monday, Monday morning. morning. Yeah. It never quite materialised. Yeah. <laughs> I need to rethink it. Well, yes, I think, <laughs> again. Again. Nadam, have City missed De Bruyne or do they look just as dominant even without him? Mm, uh, I think you'll miss someone that's got that sort of ability level, but I think when you look at sometimes when he was limited with that hamstring injury, then it wasn't the best version of him. But if he can come back in and be anywhere near that, then yes, because this, the way that he plays is very, very different. It's very unique. It's very him. And you can have Alvarez in there, you could have Bernardo Silva in there, Foden, whoever. But there's only one Kevin De Bruyne in that style of play. So I think they would have missed some of his creativity at certain points. But then it's fair to say it's not like they've struggled creating chances and they've scored a ton of goals so far. So I think they have missed him, but just to raise the ceiling a little bit more. When's he back, Nadam? New Year. Good. Thanks. Brilliant. So he said, he said, Thanks, man. Possibly yeah. after the yeah. New Year, I read. Oh, did you? But look, no, nobody plays the ball in behind it. We were having a discussion the other night, uh, the last time we were on the show, about Kenny Nogleish and how he saw such an early picture with passes. Nobody at City does that better than De Bruyne. So your front line, particularly Haaland, with those early balls in behind, whether it be a straight ball or from a wide position, when he whips it in behind a defender who doesn't even get a chance to set himself. Mm. But for Haaland, who doesn't always get on the end of it, but it's, it's, it's there for him. They, nobody else does that. You think about the other players. Good passers, Foden, Grealish, uh, Doku, all take the ball for a run. That's what they like to do. De Bruyne, he can do both, but it's, it's his early passing. His early quality passing that sets him apart. Stevie, Salah has gone for another AFCON in January. Are you worried about the other attackers making up for his goals? Yeah, if you lose, if you lose your top goal scorer, Salah, your main guy you rely on, then absolutely it's going to affect you. And it's going to be tough for any, any of them to, to get close to what he does in terms of goal scoring. So, absolutely, yeah. Uh, how hard was it to focus on the game playing right before or after a holiday? Is it a holiday or international break? What do you think we mean? Well, maybe a holiday, because it's Thanksgiving. No. No, no. We, didn't, we didn't get holidays. The, hol the only holiday we got was summer. Yeah. 
and then it was pre-season, so no, it was generally, I mean, it's a general rule of thumb between, what, August and third week in May, whatever it was, FA Cup finals, whatever, uh, never stopped, never stopped. For Craig, start, bench or drop these reality TV programmes to take part in. Big Brother, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. If you don't know what I'm a celebrity is, where, where these kind of Z-list celebrities get chucked into a jungle. And that and plant's gone in there, hasn't it? And Nigel Farage has gone in there, yes. Blank. Uh, yes, or Love Island. <laughs> well, that... <laughs> so... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Start bench and drop. Right, yeah. So which so I'm you forget love Island. <laughs> so I'm 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 dropping oh. what was love the other Island. one? I'm Craig. Love you you're dropping Love Island. I'm dropping the jungle. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a celebrity. What's what it? The jungle. Uh, I'm a celebrity. Yes. Jungle. I couldn't be. I couldn't be doing wheat and all that stuff. Okay. So you, you're we're getting rid of that. Let's get rid of that. Yeah. I'm I'm benching. <laughs> Uh, celebrity Big Brother. Right. Oh, well, this is just normal Big Brother, but you've added the celebrity bit. Oh, is it normal oh, it's Big okay, Brother? Craig, you know, okay, Okay. Well, I can't see it. You've got the question. I can't see it. I've got my glasses on. And I'm starting... Uh, going Love Island? Oh, yeah. I'm just I think it'd be brilliant. Oh, can you imagine that? I'd be fantastic. So, uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you this afternoon. <laughs> it's been such fun. Uh, yeah, right. So, so Love Island, if you don't know what it is, is where like all these single men and women go on to an island. Uh, and talk I don't think I should have had to answer that question. I'm really <laughs> daunted. Why not? I think it was too late. Uh, Nadim, have you been approached to do any of these sort of things? Um, no, I haven't actually, and I hope nobody does. Because it's a hard pass on every single one of them. No yeah. Chance. I got a call. I got a call once. Oh, <laughs> I just remembered. Pat Noonan. Okay. Who's now the manager in MLS of Cincinnati. Yeah. He was uh, in the middle of his career. I got a call in my office from one of the TV companies about The Bachelor. Asking uh, about, about Pat Noonan if, if I could, would it be okay for them to speak to Pat Noonan about being on The Bachelor. He was one of your players? He was one of your players, huh? Wow. He's now the manager in Cincinnati. Slightly disappointed in that story. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Thought I thought, you. I thought, yes, yeah, right, than I, The Bachelor. I thought it was going to be something to do with you going on. That you walking in with roses? Aye. Yeah. Aye. So would, you, would you do anything back there? No. In England? He's no, got a lot of money for it. No. Huh? Strictly Come Dancing, there's another one. Strictly, Strictly Come Dancing. So yeah, Dancing with the Stars it is here, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, you get a lot of money for that. Good exposure. Get Dancing, I, help with your diet. No chance. No, do, I couldn't do all that. No Who did it? Chance. Tony Adams did, didn't he? I think. Oh, what was uh, the what the um? Oh, what's it called where they put the costume on and sing? Matt uh, Singer. Matt Singer. Oh Matt yes, Singer. that was Teddy Sheringham. Yeah, you could do that because you've got a big stupid thing on. Nobody yeah. sees you. Yeah. yeah. Matt Singer's not bad. Matt Singer. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll retract. Matt yeah. Singer. Matt Singer. How yeah. much? I'm not that expensive. No. No. Oh, I think it'd be, bags of it'd be good crack, wouldn't it? I'm slightly disappointed you never come in the day with a big turkey in your head. <laughs> yeah. Mass singer Nader, that's not bad. Yeah, that's what I'd do that. Yes. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Million? Million? Yeah, yeah, I'd give that a go. I'd give that a go. I mean, yeah. I can't sing, but I'll yeah, a million. Yeah. How much? Yeah. yeah. How much there are they getting? There we are. Perfect. How much are they getting? Do we know? From our sing How much do mass singers get, Nader? <laughs> Uh, again, I, I've not really looked into it, but now you've said this, I'll look into it, Dan. Maybe you'll well, catch me Frank. on there one time. <laughs> should, we, should we give Frank a call? <laughs> right. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is that French? Why is he talking like that? Is he Welsh? 
<laughs> Why is he looking at the sky? It's not Frank played for Wales. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I'm every day. Uh, it is. As a fan of the sport, which, which goal in the history in any competition are you most thankful for going into the back of the net? Goodness me. Oh, oh uh, 1982 World Cup. 86. 1986 World Cup? Yeah. Which, which goal, Craig? The hand or the run? Uh, the, the run was something special, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the run Maradona. was special, yeah. I mean, Reedy looked as if he was towing a caravan. Big Terry Butcher, I mean, good players, he's... Yeah, yeah. I, I say that in jest. That's a tough one. Nadem, is it one of ours or some... You no, just, what, just a moment in history. Oh, Maradona, yeah, World see. Cup against England. He wasn't listening to a word you were saying, was he? Oh, he was concentrating. <laughs> I was concentrating. Is that what you said? Yeah, I wasn't sure which goal to go for. Yeah. Uh, the first one or the second one? Yeah. 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 No, I was, actually, I, was exa- I was thinking the same. Okay. It's not uh, good news for you. Oh, the Gareth Southgate penalty. Oh, come Stuart on. Stuart Pearce penalty. Chris Wardle. Nice, Chris Wardle penalty. Oh, they weren't goals. They, they, were, uh, <laughs> they missed. Oh, oh, they weren't yeah. goals, they don't count. Wow. Well, they got a pizza advert out of it, didn't they? All, so, all of this is very negative. It's not like... A, just, oh, no, it's positive just, for us. It's just like, was it Scheidenfreude, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very positive for us. Uh, Nadem? Um, probably one of the ones that Messi scored when he was first on the scene. Do you know, we've got on those little mazy dribbles, goes around the goalkeeper, and then just knocks in with his right foot. I'd say probably one of those ones because he was so special and every time he went on those mazes but to be fair special mention though if we're going to talk about mix of negative and positive is the Pele one where he dummies the goalkeeper but the shot goes wide yes. in your mind you want to remember it going in yeah that's you very know, true that's, that's the one that sort of stands out to me yeah you yeah. can't even win the world cup Frank Lamb you can't win the world cup so, what are you saying England right you can't win Wimbledon you have really? to leave that to your jock yeah Andy Wimbledon. Murray. Wimbledon. 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 Who cares about Wimbledon? Who cares about Wimbledon? They, 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 oh, you do. They feast out in every... Oh, the, the English public are <laughs> <I mean, laughs> desperate. <laughs> You're English, do. Hedman Hill. Absolutely. Hedman Hill. They were desperate for Tim. They were desperate for Tim Hedman to win Wimbledon. And then some jock comes along and wipes the floor with them. Frank Lampard. The World Cup win. The ball was over the line. It's a crossbar. Goes with four foot over and you don't get it. Fantastic. Alright, okay. Um, Any, you want any more? I've got loads of them. Uh, final question, Stevie. How, how often do you think you'll be screaming at the TV on Saturday? Will ah. you wake up and watch the game or will you tape it? Because it's a bit early for you, isn't I've it? I've got digital straight after it. Oh, I see. So, <laughs> so yeah. No, so what time are you up today? 11 o'clock? Yeah, quarter to 11. Quarter to 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a bit of a lie-in this morning. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So no. how often do you think you'll be shouting at the television? Depends how it's going. If we're... If we're, if we're if we're behind and somebody does something stupid, right? I'll be screaming at it. Here's, a, here's an idea for you. If Liverpool have a really bad day, why don't you phone the phone Echo right yeah. off the back of it? Blame Klopp. Klopp should shut it. Just, just I'll send you the tape. Go for the full. Yeah, wipe right. the floor. Are you going to the game, Nathan? I assume you are. No, absolutely not, no, absolutely not. Got family things to deal with, but I will be watching. And I'm not going to be screaming at the TV unless it's a disaster of a commentator. So fingers crossed it's someone good as opposed to some of the people we hear otherwise. Oh, wow. We've got the game. Hmm? We've got the game. TNT, TNT. in in, uh, England, NBC here. I know that. I don't know where else in the world. I know that. So it's TNT in the morning, (laughs) isn't it? There we go. All right. Right, anything else? 
That's okay. it. We are done. Are you, Thank uh, you very uh, much. Shepherd's pie tonight or turkey? Chicken, your turkey. No, no, you, no. You're having no. egg and chips tonight. No, I yeah? think I'm having egg and chips. Egg tonight. and chips tonight. It's good for the diet. Uh, egg and chips. <laughs> just a reminder then, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. To egg and chips. On egg and Bayern chip. Munich here in action. Red bar. Are you here tomorrow, Craig? What are you going to do? Saturday. On Saturday. Saturday. Just like Saturday. <laughs>